Amen, amen. So good to see you all here. Full house today. So thankful that you are with us and those who are guests with us. So thankful that you are here. And if you are joining with us online, uh, thank you so much for being a part of our service today. And uh, let me just share something that is amazing to me every single Sunday. Uh, Vern plans out the music that we sing uh, four to five weeks in advance. So what we are singing today, Vern was already planning in February. And uh, he does not know what I'm going to be preaching on or what the topic is, though we talk and he knows I'm in Philippians, God lays on his heart what we sing. The song we just sang, Hallelujah, what a Savior. Jesus Christ exalted on high. That's literally what I'm preaching on today. So, Vern, thank you for being moved by the Spirit to do that. If you would please turn in your Bible to Philippians chapter 2, we will be in verses 9 through 11. We will be completing the Christ him today. And while you're turning there, I have a, a litany of announcements and thankful to give them. And many of these you will find in your bulletin. But the first is this. This Saturday at 9 a.m., we are gathering to have a campus beautification uh, where we are going to move all across this campus and spruce it up uh, in preparation for Easter. Uh, by God's grace and, and through uh, his amazing wonderworking, uh, someone donated uh, enough ceiling tiles to retile our uh, education center. And so that's one of the tasks that we will be doing this Saturday. But let me invite everyone to come out. Our Baptist men are going to be providing breakfast at 9 a.m. in the fellowship hall, and then we'll break up into groups and move across this campus. If you are interested in coming, if you even think you may be here, we'd love to let our Baptist men know uh, how many people to cook for. So there's a sign-up sheet in the back. You can certainly reach out to the office at any point in time and let us know, but we look forward to having you be a part of that. Also, ladies, on Monday, March 29th, I hope I have that right. Uh, does that sound right, my love? Right on, thumbs up. There's going to be a ladies' coffee social at 6.30 p.m. in the fellowship hall. So ladies, come and be a part of that. Our ladies' ministry is rocking and rolling, and I know you would all would want to join in. Also, Holy Week. That is Holy Week, so that kicks off our, our Holy Week. And as we move into Thursday and Friday and then, of course, Easter, we have so many activities. Monday, Thursday, on Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m., we will be going over the Passover Seder, and we'll be talking about what it means, and then we will have uh, Lord's Supper together. And then on Friday at noon, we will be gathered out here with seven other sister churches as we will return to walk with the cross, and we will carry the cross all the way to Mint Hill Town Square and invite you to come and be a part of that. And then Easter Sunday, we will have three services, a 7 a.m. outdoor sunrise service, and then a 9 a.m. and an 11 a.m. So we would invite you to come and be a part of that. And last but not least, something I'm very excited about is the Sunday after Easter, April 11th, we will be returning to in-person Sunday school classes. We're going to dip our toes back into that. We have five or six classes that will be opening back up. Uh, we invite you all to come and be a part of that. We will have Sunday school from babies all the way up to senior saints. So come and join with us again. And, of course, Sunday school won't look as it always did. You won't be in the same class you've been in the past, but come and join with us. We will also be changing our service times, 8.30 a.m., 9.45 Sunday school, 11 a.m. Uh, worship. So come and join us and be a part of that. So many announcements. I'm so thankful to go through them. Well, I'm going to jump right into the text today because there is so much. If you recall last week, we were looking at the amazing humility of Jesus Christ, titled the sermon, Jesus, Our Example of 
humility, as we were looking at verses 5 through 8 of Philippians 2. And last week I told you it was a monstrous text in all of its wonder and all of its beauty because there was so much theology in it. And I could not take the time to swim in the depths of that text, and I'm in the same position today. There's so much to cover, and I cannot do it. There is not enough time. So I want to encourage you, after the sermon, go home, bathe in this text, meditate on it, and let the Lord speak through it. It is some of the most beautiful and wonderful text in all of Scripture. So if you have found Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, will you please stand with me in the honor of the reading of God's Word? says this, For this reason God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty Heavenly Father, oh, I am so thankful for this word. Father, you are rich in glory and majesty and power, and Lord, we do bow at the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, thank you that you have given us your Son, and Father, in his humility, he humbled himself even to the death on a cross to save us. Oh, Father, the manifestation of your love in Jesus. I'm in awe. And Lord, I pray that your spirit would fill this place today. Father, that as we approach this text, it would not be words on a page, but Father, it would be reality stamped into our hearts. Lord, that we would bow and confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord, move in this place today. Speak. I cannot. It's too much. I need you. Father, I pray that I honor your name in what I say. Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. As you can see, I'm already excited. I'm already emotional. This is powerful. This is the power of God in our lives. And, and what I want to share with you is this. As we go through this Christ hymn, we saw last week the amazing humility of Jesus. And today, we see his high and mighty exaltation across the entire universe. And so as we approach the text this morning, there are three things I want to bring to your attention. There is a present, a past, and a future exaltation of Jesus. And I want us to lean into the text this morning and hear that. So the first thing is this, the present exaltation of Jesus Christ. This is what the text is speaking of, the exaltation of Jesus. And there is a present exaltation that we as believers need to hear. And it starts with one word in many of your translations. And that word in verse 9 is therefore. In my translation, it says for this reason, but it's the same thing, therefore, one word tells us there is a present exaltation of Jesus Christ in our hearts and for our example today. For this reason, because Jesus was humble and did not grasp at equality with God to exploit it for himself, but willingly humbled himself 
into the form of a servant. Because Jesus emptied himself and became a servant to all, because Jesus humbled himself even unto death, and not just any death, but the worst, most despicable, most foul, most shameful death man has ever devised, that of the cross. Because of these things, Jesus is exalted because of his humility. And we must not, as we approach this word, therefore, ignore or forget the context of where we are in Philippians. We so often get caught up in verses and chapters, and we must not in this case. This is a beautiful letter that is speaking to us. Remember what has been said before in chapter 1, verse 27, as citizens of heaven... Live your life worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the example. In verse 3 of chapter 2, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. This is the context that we step into this hymn. And then, of course, verse 5 that has started this hymn that says, adopt the same attitude as that of Jesus Christ. And last week we saw the attitude of humility. Today we see the exaltation of Jesus. So this beautiful hymn is not only high praise to Jesus, it is to point us to his example so that in all things in our life we would follow him. And the implication from this beautiful text is this. We also will be exalted if we follow Jesus in his example of humility. Now let me pause before you run in the wrong direction on this. We will not be exalted in the same way Jesus is exalted. None shall be. But the exaltation that we will have, as you will see before this sermon is over, is that if we are humble before God, then he will lift us up so that we may dwell with him whose name is above every name. That is our exaltation. To be in the very presence of Jesus Christ for all eternity. And how do I know this? Scripture tells us. Luke 18, 14. In the second part of that verse. Because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. James 4:10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 7. In the same way, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves in humility towards one another because God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time. Cast all of your cares on him. Because he cares about you. He will lift you up at the proper time. This is why constantly throughout the New Testament, the authors point each of us to serve one another. You have heard it in First Peter there. But we see others' examples throughout the New Testament. Husbands, you are to serve your wives and think more of them than you do yourself. Wives, you are to serve your husbands and think more of them than you do yourselves. 
Those who are elderly, you are to serve the young and think of them more than you think of yourselves. The young, you are to serve the old and think of them more than you think of yourselves. And of course, ultimately, as Ephesians would say, as Paul is written in Ephesians, he says in a blanket statement, brothers and sisters, you are to serve one another. There is no one exempt from this service. This unity that is found in the body that can only be found in the humility of Jesus Christ, who he himself humbling himself, would put on the robe of a servant, the king of the universe, and wash the filthy, disgusting feet of the apostles and say to them, he who wishes to be exalted must humble himself. This is our example. We are to humbly serve one another. And as this hymn points out, if in true humility and not a false one that says, I desire to be exalted. I desire that reward to be made big. No, no. The one who gives up himself in service of Jesus Christ, in service of his brother and sister, will be exalted at the right time. And we need to always turn our minds to the example of Jesus as we interact with all of humanity. And so I say, one word, therefore, shows us there is a present exaltation of Jesus Christ in our hearts that is designed to be an example for us of true humility and thankful exaltation with our Lord at the proper time. And I'll speak more of that soon. The second thing is this, the past exaltation of Jesus Christ. The past exaltation of Jesus Christ. We see that in verse 9. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. We are not yet at Easter, but our minds and our hearts should be transfixed on that day. We're only a few weeks away. And our hearts should be focused on an empty tomb where there is no body. Our hearts should be focused on the ascension of Jesus Christ into the heavenlies where he sits right now at the right hand of the Father. This is where our hearts should be. And this text draws us so clearly into that place. It points to a risen Jesus, his triumph over death and his glorious ascension into heaven is spoken here in 9. And so we see his past exaltation in that moment where he is called into heaven. But here's this amazing word where it says God highly exalted him. In the Greek, Paul, what he has done is he's smushed together two words, as he tends to do, and he uses one of his favorite words. We can almost trademark it to him, hyper. We have that same word today, hyper. But what he's saying here is this is a hyper-exaltation. A super-exaltation is the only time in all of the New Testament that is ever used. The super-exaltation of Jesus Christ. What is this super-exaltation of Jesus Christ? Does this somehow mean that Jesus has been made greater than he was before? Have we not already seen in verse 6 that he is equal with God? 
Is he somehow now more than that? No, that is not at all what's being said. What is being said here is this, is that this super exaltation, this hyper exaltation is a universal exaltation of the name of Jesus. The name given to him, all of creation will bow before him. There is power in his name. That's why you can say the name Jesus in the world today and you will have a reaction because there is power in the name of Christ. All of creation recognizes the name of Jesus. This is his super exaltation. There is none greater than Jesus by orders of magnitude. We cannot even begin to measure the scale by which this is being used. But I want to show you why. Friends, we're getting ready to jump into something amazing. I'm about to burst. I want to show you this. It says God has given him a name that is above every name. Notice something. Notice something in it. Name of Jesus. We have many names for Jesus, right? Emmanuel, Prince of Peace. Wonderful Counselor, the Good Shepherd, the Almighty, the Word, the Rock, the Door, the Bridegroom, the Alpha, and the Omega, names that we have for Jesus. But look what is said in 9. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. You notice what it does not say there? It does not say he gave him a name says it gave him the name. Does that not call back to the Old Testament? Who shall I say has sent me? You say to them, I am that I am. That is my name. That is what's being said here. God has given Jesus the name. And you can see at the very end in 11, Jesus Christ is Lord. This is the name given to Jesus, Lord. And in the Greek is Kyrios. Kyrios means Lord. And if you go back to the Old Testament that the Hebrew authors translated into Greek, Every time you see Yahweh, the proper name of God, it is translated Kyrios, Lord. So God has given Jesus his own name. It is the same as found in Isaiah 42.8. I am the Lord. That is my name. And I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. God has given his own name to Jesus. In this moment, the name. There is no name greater because Jesus, if you have not already seen, and we're going to continue to prove through this, Jesus is God. No name greater. So at the resurrection, at the ascension, the name of Jesus Christ is exalted above all names. Oh, but wait, there's more. I'm even more stoked now. The third point. So we've seen a present exaltation of Jesus. We've seen a past exaltation of Jesus. Now let's see the future exaltation of Jesus. And let me swim with you in the depths of what is about to be said. In time to come, 
We know this. It has been promised to us. Jesus will return. And in that moment, the super, hyper-exalted name of Jesus will cause every knee to bow and every tongue to confess his name. And this takes me to one of my favorite passages, sections of Scripture, Isaiah 45. In fact, I have two favorite verses, James 1.22 and Isaiah 45.22. But in Isaiah 45, as you read through it, God speaks about himself and his name. And four times he talks about who he is and what his name represents and his sovereignty. Let me share them with you. Isaiah 45, 5. I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God but me. I will strengthen you. Isaiah 45, 6. So that all may know from the rising of the sun to his setting that there is no one but me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Isaiah 45, 18, for this is what the Lord says, the creator of the heavens, the God who formed the earth and made it, the one who established it. He did not create it to be a wasteland, but formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am the Lord and there is no other. And then my favorite verse, Isaiah 45, 22, listen, listen, O church, turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth for I am God and there is no other. And friends, listen to how it ends. Isaiah 45, 23. See if this sounds familiar to you. By myself, I have sworn, truth has gone from my mouth, a word that will not be revoked. Every knee will bow to me. Every tongue will swear allegiance. Doesn't that sound familiar? There's only one name, and that name is Lord. And upon the utterance of that name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And see, what God is saying is upon the return of my son, who is Lord, every knee will bow. And we're going to see how those knees bow. And what does everyone mean? Follow with me as we go through this. He says it in 10. So at the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So who is going to bow? All those in heaven will bow. All the angels of heaven will bow at the name of Jesus. All the demons that hate God will bow at the name of Jesus. All the saints that have gone before us and are in heaven now will bow at the name of Jesus. All those in heaven will bow. And then he says, and all those on earth will bow. When Jesus returns, all those who are living will bow their knee unto Jesus. And then he says, and lastly is this, all those under the earth will bow. All those who are dead will be resurrected and they will bow their knee to Jesus. Friends, every creature that can speak in all the universe, in all the glories that God has created, in one singular moment, when the name Jesus is spoken, all will bow. They will honor him. That's what it means to bow. They will honor Jesus as Lord of all 
the universe will lean in in that moment. But that's not it. It continues to be beautiful and grand because at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess the same who bow their knees, all angels, all demons, all saints, all alive, all dead, will speak in unison, Jesus Christ is Lord. Can you imagine? Think of the heavenlies. Think of this earth in one resounding moment. Jesus Christ is Lord. We can never hear that enough, and yet we will hear it from every voice. But it keeps going. What will they confess? What will be the confession of every tongue? We see it. We've said it. Jesus Christ is Lord. That is the confession. Jesus Christ is Lord. Break that down. Break those words down. Jesus. What does Jesus mean? Translated, it means the Lord saves. Christ. What does Christ mean? The anointed one of God. The promise keeper. What does Lord mean? We've already established Yahweh God. What will the entire universe be saying? Jesus Christ, the one who saves, the anointed one of God, filling all promises. He is God. Ha, oh, hmm. Church. If that doesn't stir you up, there's nothing in the universe that can be said that will stir you up. Nothing can be said greater than this. Jesus Christ is Lord. In all tongues, in all of all creation, we'll say it. Oh, what a glorious name. Oh, praise to God for Jesus Christ. Oh, the powerful name of Jesus. Friends, as we step from this place today, there's a world that's dying out there. And you have to utter one thing. Jesus. 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 Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen and amen and amen. We sang it today. Well, no, we're getting ready to sing it here in a moment. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, who is to come. But let me say this in closing. There is something serious that needs to be noted in this. As we've seen in the text, every tongue will confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Every tongue will confess him, even those who do not even trust him as Savior. Those who are damned to hell will confess him as Lord. And they will be no less damned in that moment. Not all that confess the glory of God are saved. Matthew 7, 21 through 23, a great warning from our Savior tells us this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, listen, on the day where they all will confess Jesus as Lord, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name, and then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Oh, friends. Do not wait until you are under the ground to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Do not wait for the moment where you have to be resurrected and then confess his name only to be damned to hell, where he says, away from me, I knew you not. See, the confession of Jesus is not just words. 
The confession of Jesus must be married to faith. The confession of Jesus Christ as Lord must be married to surrender. The confession of Jesus Christ as Lord must be married to a commitment to follow him all the days of your life. The demons themselves know who Jesus is, and they believe in him, but they do not worship him as Lord and Savior. And they will bow their knee unto him as well, but they will not be exalted into the presence of Christ. I say again, do not wait until that day where you are under the ground before you recognize who Jesus is. The time is now. It is today. It is not just words. It is a heart change that sees Jesus as the high and exalted one. That sees Jesus as the Lord of the universe. That sees Jesus as the one to forgive every sin. That sees Jesus as the one to restore you into his glorious presence. To see Jesus as the master whom you will follow until such a time as he calls you into his presence. Where you will gladly say, Jesus Christ is Lord. And you will say it with all of your heart. If Jesus is not Lord for you today, if you've even said the words in the past but have not believed them, today, may he do a wonder work in you and the super-exalted Jesus Christ become so real to you that you have no choice but to bow your knee. May the weight of glory fall on you in this moment. I pray this. I pray this. Don't wait for that day to proclaim him because it will be too late. Proclaim him now while you are on earth and can live your days in service to him. And so with that, I close with this petition. If it is you here today who sees Jesus high and lifted up for the first time, we're going to sing, oh, a glorious song. Come forward and tell me. I want to know. I want to share it with this world. Why would you hide it? If you're online and you cannot physically be here, you have an opportunity. There's a link. You can reach out. I want to talk to you. But if you are here, O church, and Jesus Christ is your Lord and is your Savior, then let us dwell on that name and let us take the example that Jesus has given to be humble one to another and to serve one another so that at the right and proper time we may be exalted. We're also coming to a moment right now where if you would like to join this church, you can. We would love to have you. If you need prayer, come forward. We want to pray with you. Bo Church, here in a moment, I'm going to pray. And we're going to stand, we're going to sing. And the song we're going to sing, oh, cry out with it. Don't hold back. It doesn't matter if you're off tune. Your heart sings well. God can auto-tune it. It'd be fine. But you sing, all right? Oh, I can't, I can't even wait for the song. Come on. All right, I'm going to pray. You come forward. Oh, Heavenly Father, exalted one. Oh, thank you for Jesus. Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh, to your glory, Father, because you love us and you have given us the greatest treasure in your Son who became sin so that we would be free of sin. Oh, Father, why would we ever reject that? Forgive us. All of us have been that sinner who rejected. 
Oh, but Lord, thank you that you broke into our life. Lord, that you rescued us. Father, I pray you do it again. If there be just one, may they see your son for all of his splendor. Oh, Father, to see the one who takes away our sins. Father, there is nothing that we can do that would separate us from you in Jesus Christ. And yet, at the same time, Father, you create in us a, a heart that desires you. Oh, thank you. Lord, I pray you move. There's nothing more I need to say. I pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Stand. Let us sing.